good morning, Manic Monday to you guys out there. It is just, I don't know, a few, couple weeks away from Thanksgiving. It's about 10 days or so. And I thought I'd try and find something a little more upbeat, a little more fun to talk about. Um, these last few weeks have not been very fun for me. I don't know about anybody else out there on the autism spectrum, but my anxiety level is at an all-time high. Um, my depression, I think, is rising as well. My state of depression. I find myself wanting to just crawl deeper and deeper into my cave, trying to find excuses not to leave the house. So I thought I'd take today and just kind of talk about, I found a list of actually of some people who may or may not have been on the autism spectrum, ranging from you know, the late 1700s to current, a couple of actors and directors from uh, current. And I just thought we'd talk a little bit about the list and, you know, food for thought, see what you guys all thought. So I found a list of about, I think it's about 30 people that are on the spectrum. And I read through it, and yes, there are some I, I already knew. I said, oh yeah, I remember that one. And then there are some where I'm like, oh, I don't know. So we'll just go through really quick and see what you guys think. If you have any other questions or input, just feel free to message me. And um, we'll just take it from there. So let's see, it looks like it's probably alphabetical. So um, the first one on the list is Dan Aykroyd which I did not know until I saw the list. Um, Dan Aykroyd, as you know, is um, an actor. He was on SNL for a long time. Uh, several movies, I can remember him specifically with um, John Candy, I think in a few movies, Steve Martin, a uh, funny guy. Um, but in reading about him, he was diagnosed uh well, he says he was diagnosed with Asperger's as a child, but I didn't think Asperger's came along until about the 90s. Um, but anyway, he had been kicked out of schools. He was diagnosed as a young child. Um, supposedly, he's been pretty upfront and honest about his experiences being on the spectrum. Um, he's also talked about how the experiences and his autism, how it's helped to contribute to some of his characters, especially the one in Ghostbusters. Um, that was a fantastic movie, but Dan Aykroyd is um, part of our group. Uh, next on the list is Hans Christian Andersen. Um, he was an author, wrote some pretty weird stuff. I don't know if, um, I know my generation, I read a lot of those fairy tales. Um, he wrote, let's see, The Little Mermaid. I don't remember that one. I do remember The Ugly Duckling. Um, and there is some back and forth on whether or not he is autistic. He um, he, went through, he pretty much um, did not, could not relate to people. And that's why a lot of his stories are about animals um, and animals who never really found a happy ending. And he may have related um, his personal life through his stories and never quite trying, never quite finding actually um, a happy ending to his life. And anyway, uh, Hans Christian Andersen, he was in the, uh, let's see, 1800s, late 1800s. But if you get a chance, you should read some of his books, some of his fairy tales. Um, some pretty weird stuff. Benjamin Banneker, uh, let's see, 1700s, early 1800s. He was another author. 
um, surveyor, naturalist, astronomer, inventor, and a farmer who lived pretty much as a free man throughout the 18th century. Um, he was an extremely brilliant man, but he had also extremely odd behavior um, and was thought to have a very high functioning form of autism. He was known to fixate on certain objects um, like friends' watches or hair combs. Um, and I guess it led to some inventions of his own by fixating on other personal objects of other people. I don't know what exactly it doesn't say, but it might be one to look up. Susan Boyle. Um, you know, I thought about this and in watching her when she first came out on the, um, I wasn't America's Got Talent, Britain's Got Talent, and you watch her and the first time I ever saw her, I thought she was on the spectrum. Just some of her mannerisms and the way she was very um, quiet, very um, shy, except for her beautiful, powerful voice. If you've ever heard her sing, it is just mind-boggling. And I think um, if you do watch that the show that she was on, the very first one, you watch Simon Cowell's reaction I think we pretty much all had that same reaction because she just doesn't present herself as that person with that beautiful a voice. So um, she was diagnosed with Asperger's and in one of her interviews I read, she said she was actually relieved to receive that diagnosis because it helped her understand uh, a lot more about her life. And that's the part that I can truly relate to I kind of had a suspicion for the last 10, 15 years, but in receiving that diagnosis of actually having Asperger's, it was a relief for me because it explained a lot in my life starting in my childhood. And um, if you've listened to my previous podcast, you'll understand that it, it helps um, in understanding why you acted or behaved the way you did, especially as a child or as a young child, or why some people treated you the way they did. But Susan Boyle, um, again, if you can watch some of her performances, I think you'll pick up on some of her mannerisms and being under that Asperger's autism spectrum. Another one, which I didn't realize, but now that I look and reflect at his work, Tim Burton. And Tim Burton is one of those Hollywood directors that just makes some really weird but neat unique fun stuff he did um nightmare before christmas beetlejuice he did uh, oh god what's some other ones I'm trying to think but johnny depp stars in a lot of them. oh edward scissorhands so he's got kind of that off the beaten path view but some really really neat fun film to watch um it, um, try, I'm reading really quick, so I apologize. Uh, it wasn't him that realized he was autistic, but rather his partner, with who is Helena Bonham Carter. Um, I guess she was researching um, for a character who was supposed to be on the spectrum. And in researching her character, she realized that Tim Burton um, fell under all of it, that huge giant umbrella. Um, but she's very happy 
uh, with his amazing sense of humor, his amazing sense of imagination. And um, for him, it didn't really matter. He just went on creating. But if you can get a chance, watch some of his movies. It's um, really neat stuff. Uh, Lewis Carroll. Uh, let's see, Lewis Carroll, 1800s. Another author. Uh, he's an author of a lot of classic um, classic books uh, along the children's realm. And the one he's probably most well-known for is Alice in Wonderland. And again, that's one of those things, it's one of those imaginations that's really kind of out there. Um, similar to Tim Burton's imagination, is just a unique perspective on things. He, um, he was a very poor communicator, so through his writings, that's how he best expressed himself. Um, he found it a lot easier to interact with children and speak with children as opposed to adults. And that's why a lot of his books are kind of geared towards um, the children and the children within us. He actually also, I guess, had a severe stammer and for that reason um, avoided communicating with adults, talking with adults because they would often, you know, either not pay him attention or just walk away or um, he found it easier to communicate with the kids, even with the stammer. And that's probably why... Um, his books are more towards the children. Uh, here's one I I don't know, I haven't heard of. Um, Henry Cavendish from the 1700s. Uh, it says that he was probably one of the most important scientists in history. He was a philosopher, a chemist, a physicist. He is one of the most famous scientists um, and the discoverer. He discovered hydrogen. He is thought to have been autistic, I guess, in his mannerisms. Um, he completely avoided social calls at, at all costs. Uh, didn't like conversations. He had servants, and he would communicate with those servants, his wants, his needs, um, through writing. He, again, wouldn't speak with them. He would wrote his, his requests on paper and leave them on a table or something. Um, it, it was just an odd sense of living, but for those of us on the spectrum, we get it. It's, you know, avoiding interacting and eye contact, so we write. And I think for us today, um, the internet and doing everything online uh, kind of helps us avoid that social interaction as well. If, if you really think about it, I don't have to talk to another human being for the rest of my life if I don't want to. I can do all my banking online, pay my bills, I can take online classes. I can um, do all my shopping and do all my, you know, my food orders, restaurant orders, all online. I never have to talk to another person in the rest of my life, which, if you think about it, it's kind of scary. Um, but again, that was um, that was how Henry Cavendish lived. He wrote everything on paper and avoided interaction with people at all costs. Um, Another scientist on the list is Charles Darwin. I think we all know him, uh, late 1800s. He was a college professor as well as a psychiatrist and a writer and author, um, but has said that he had Asperger's syndrome. There is um, records from when he was a child, a uh, young child, that he was a very quiet child, very isolated. He avoided another one, another scientist, who avoided interactions 
with other people as much as possible. Um, he also wrote things out on paper. He wrote letters or notes on paper um, just to avoid talking to people, avoiding looking people in the eye. Another one on the list, another author, Emily Dickinson, uh, 1800s, in her book, in her book, Writers on the Spectrum, How Autism and Aspects Literary, oh, it's from Julie Brown. Um, but she, uh, Emily Dickinson, got along great with kids, got along great with children. Um, she was very much reclusive, again, um, wrote a lot of poetry. She had this thing about wearing white uh, in every day. Uh, that was her obsession, was wearing white as much as possible every day. Um, she also had epilepsy. I don't know if anybody knows that or realized it, but uh, she had epilepsy. And they're saying that's another reason why she didn't interact with people was because of her epilepsy. And of course, the fear of having an attack, having an epileptic seizure um, in front of people. I can imagine that was probably embarrassing as well. Uh, Paul Dirac, early 1900s, he was a physicist. He um, contributed a lot to the quantum mechanics and quantum electrodynamics of physicists. Um, He did win a Nobel Peace Prize back in the 30s or 40s. Oh, 1933, he won a Nobel Peace Prize. Um, but he was an extremely shy person, did not like groups, did not like talking to groups, not like interacting. Um, again, another one of those that interacted mostly through notes and letters, not so much in person. Albert Einstein, probably my favorite of all time on this list. And ironically, uh, my dad looks just like him and my dad's on the spectrum as well. Albert Einstein, as we all know, um, one of the most famous scientists, one of the most famous mathematicians in history, he had a number of interesting characteristics. Um, He had speech delays. Rumor has it he didn't start speaking till he was five. Um, He had trouble socializing with others, did not like interacting. Um, He had a habit or a tendency of repeating things to himself out loud. So he would repeat sentences or paragraphs, but out loud, but he wasn't repeating them for other people. It was just for himself. So he had kind of um, a few little quirks, if you might say. But uh, again, one of my favorite (laughs) artists, um, on the list. Uh, another one on the list is Bobby Fischer. I think we all know the movie uh, about this chess grandmaster. He was obsessed with chess. He um, That was his OCD, his impulsive, obsessive compulsive disorder was chess. He was very extreme, very intense. He would go for days without sleeping or eating um, just to focus and concentrate on the chess game. Oh, next on the list, Bill Gates, which, yeah, I can see that, and I I kind of guessed it anyway. If you get a chance to ever watch him 
with some of his um, TED Talks, some of his documentaries. Um, there is a three-part documentary of him out now. I think it's on Netflix. I've watched it. Actually, I've watched it a few times. And um, just to watch him and his mannerisms and the way he speaks. And, um, you know, he's not a big people person. So it didn't surprise me that he was on this uh, list. But again, if you get a chance to watch him in any of his uh, TED, TED Talks, I would do it. Um, another one of my favorites on the list is Temple Grandin. And I think we've all heard of her. We've all um, seen her. Maybe we've had a chance to uh, see her in person. She would give some great talks. Um, some of her books, if you get a chance to grab one of her books and read through it. She is pretty much known as the animal person. She works with animals and that's her forte. She is the animal whisperer and all animals. Um, she's just um, one of my favorites on here. Daryl Hannah, which I had heard of earlier, an actress. Um, she was in the mermaid movie, oof, actually John Candy, um, with Splash. She was in Steel Magnolias. She's been in a ton of stuff. Um, she has actually, uh, never ever been to a movie premiere because of her extreme shyness. She's extremely shy. She doesn't like crowds. She, um... I guess as a child would rock herself back and forth a lot. She claims she still does a little bit, but not as often. So again, that was Daryl Hannah. Oh, let's see. I'm going to take a quick break, stretch my legs because I'm sitting on the floor, and I'll be right back, and we will go through the rest of the list. All right, we're back and we're going through a quick list of some people um, from centuries ago up to current modern day who may or may not be on the spectrum, may or may not have Asperger's, but it's an interesting list and I thought we'd do something kind of fun and different this week because the last few weeks has been uh, pretty crappy, if you ask me. But anyway, let's see, the last one we talked about was Daryl Hannah. So let's see, next on the list is Thomas Jefferson. We all know who Thomas Jefferson is. And on this one, I read that it's it's back and forth on this one. He was the third president of the United States. Um, but they're back and forth on whether or not he was on the spectrum because he was extremely uncomfortable with public speaking. He did not relate well with others, had a hard time interacting, uh, looking people in the eye, um, did not had a low tolerance for noise and smells. Um, he had some really, I guess, odd routines, which I didn't know. And it says that he uh, had a pet mockingbird, which I guess is odd, but if that's the type of animal that you, you know, derive comfort from, then I get it. Um, but it's... Unfortunately, most of his his back history, um, his personal history, I guess, went up and went up in smoke uh, when one of his homes burned down. 
all of his documents um, describing him and doctor's notes burned down with it. Uh, another one is Steve Jobs. I think we're all pretty familiar with Steve Jobs. Um, it's again not 100% certain. Um, as we all know, he's a founder, co-founder of Apple uh, with an untimely death back in uh, 2010 or 11. Um, but he is said to have some behavioral quirks. Um, he was obsessed with perfection and getting things right. He was um, not very sympathetic. He had a lot, he, he lacked empathy uh, for just about anybody uh, everybody and he just didn't show it when dealing with others um, if you get a chance to watch some of his uh, public speaking events I think you can catch some I want to say Netflix again because I've watched some since he's passed but he does seem to show some mannerisms he um, uh, oh the film his his documentary his biographical film not documentary but his biographical film um, if you get a chance to watch that, that was really interesting. Uh, he also wore the same outfit pretty much every day. But his explanation for that, which was the black turtleneck and jeans, was that so I didn't have to think about it. I've got other things and better things to think about, which makes sense. You know, I think Zuckerberg is along the same lines. He wears pretty much the same thing every day, but that just makes it easier. I mean, how easy is that to get dressed in the morning? You pull out a, you know, turtleneck and jeans and call it a day. You don't have to worry about matching or color matching or anything. It, um, that part I get, I'm pretty much at that point now. <laughs> um, but Steve Jobs was on the list, or is on the list. This person I don't know, I've never heard of, James Joyce uh, from the early 1900s. He um, was an author, another author. Um, the, um, he wrote Ulysses and another book I haven't heard of, Finnegan's Wake, um, but he wrote them with the intentions of them being difficult to comprehend and understand. That was part of his um, his thing. He wanted to make the reader really think about what they were reading, and he wanted to make them have to come back and read his books again. And it's kind of a weird approach to writing, but in this day and age, I get it. I remember really reading Ulysses. And I agree, it's not the easiest book to follow and comprehend. In fact, I, I bet if uh, you know you ask 10 millennials to even try and get through it, they'd get through three pages and give it up. But it, it it's kind of one of those things where it's a classic read. Um, and even though he was extremely intelligent, uh, he was another one of those people who just who had a really hard time making and keeping friends. And he found relief and passion in his writings. And that's really how he communicated with the public was through his writings. Um, Alfred Kinsey, I have heard of. Um, Alfred Kinsey, from the early 1900s, really, he was a very famous um, sexologist and biologist. And he actually founded the Kinsey Institute for Research. And it was basically... Uh, 
for sex and gender and reproduction research. And if you uh, read anything about that um, schooling and institute, it, it's, it's, I guess maybe it's kind of weird for some people, but he was extremely, um, he was extremely, again, did not socially interact very well. Um, he had a really hard time developing and keeping relationships. Um, he had a total lack of social understanding, um, an emotional um, understanding and emotional empathy. But again, Alfred Kinsey, uh, interesting man to read about. If you get a chance to read about him, look him up online or grab a book or something. Uh, movie producer, Stanley Kubrick. And I think we, I know for me, the first movie that comes to mind is um, Eyes, Eyes Wide Shut with Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman. Kind of one of those, I don't want to say it's weird, but it, it's one of those movies where you want to watch it again. He also did um, Clockwork Orange, Dr. Strangelove, uh, let's see, Space Odyssey. Oh, 2001 Space Odyssey. He's just got a very forward-thinking mind, and I think he creates things a lot of people think about but are afraid to speak about. Um, he loved his chess games. He was a chess mastermind, um, but again, lacked empathy, completely uncomplimentary, um, that he was very reclusive but he loved his animals. He loved his animals and having them around him. Stanley Kubrick. Uh, someone I haven't heard until I saw this list, Barbara McClintock, uh, all the way through the 1990s, or yeah, all the way up until 1990s. Um, she was another scientist who studied chromosomes and how the chromosomes changed during the reproduction process. So I guess... Um, you know, I read through and I wasn't quite sure if it was the study of pregnant women or the study of fetus, fetuses, but she's another scientist who was extremely reclusive. Um, in fact, she did not accept her Nobel Peace Prize. She won a Nobel Peace Prize, or Nobel Prize in 1983 for uh, physiology medicine, but um, she just didn't want uh, the attention. So she didn't uh, publicly accept it. Michelangelo. Oh, wow. All right, we all know who he is. Uh, one of the most famous artists in the world. If you've ever had the beautiful, wonderful chance to see some of his works in person, then you'll understand. Um, or not. You know, it kind of makes you wonder what goes through his mind as he's creating some of his, his works of art. Um, he was probably most likely autistic. He had, um, I guess, a really bad temper that could change in just a flip of a coin. He had uh, very strict routines in, in the way he did things, the way he lived, the way... Um, he groomed himself the way he painted, the way he, he created things. He also had extremely poor social skills. Again, another one of us who just, you know, didn't interact well with others. And it's, um, 
it's too bad because it, if he could have interacted more perhaps and shared more of his thoughts and feelings and, and how he came up with things, maybe resemblance of his art could have been carried through. Um, he did write and express himself through a lot of notes, I guess, and letters. But again, it's it's one of those creative types that just, you know, was was better, felt better about himself being alone than out amongst the masses. Um, there's a first on the list is a musician, Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. Um, it, it, and I read this about him and did not know this, but he was extremely sensitive to loud noises. So um, I was, how he was able to create some of his phenomenal music um, is kind of weird. Um, he also had a very short attention span uh, and would just... Um, he had weird habits, just, I guess, just weird habits. He would meow like a cat. He would, um, be composing and then break out in cartwheels. He just had very weird, um, mannerisms. And that may have been part of the reason why it was hard for him to make friends. He just, other people just didn't know how to work with him, how to deal with him. Oh, another famous Sir Isaac Newton. Oh, let's see. Isaac Newton had Asperger's or something else. Um, this one, he wasn't very good at keeping friends. Again, another socially awkward person, but he did have very strong routines for himself that he did keep up on. Um, another one of those scientists that uh, went for days at a time without eating or sleeping. So again, Sir Isaac Newton. Uh, next on the list, which I had never heard, and there is some wonder about this one, is Jerry Seinfeld. Yes, the comedian Jerry Seinfeld. Um, I, I don't see it, personally. I Honestly, I don't see it. He supposedly is self-diagnosed. But in watching him, his mannerisms, I had the pleasure of seeing him in, in person live uh, in Vegas last year. Um, but I, I don't see it with Jerry Seinfeld. Uh, Satoshi Tajiri, who I guess is the brilliant mind behind Pokemon. He, let's see, he's on the high functioning end of autism, the very, very high functioning end. Um... He does have Asperger's. He does not speak in public. He does not uh, work with groups. He uh, is pretty much a recluse. Um, and that's really all there is in this one. Oh, another one of my favorites, Nikola Tesla. Um, another famous scientist. Um, he died alone. He's very much a recluse. He didn't like interacting. He, as much as he is an inventor, he is also an autistic. He suffered from a huge amount of phobias, um, extremely sensitive to light, extremely sensitive to sound, basically sensory overload. And how many of us have that? Raise your hand. Um, he too was extremely isolated. Uh, and 
he was obsessed with the number three. And I don't know in what way I would have to read more about that. But he's obsessed with the number three. I don't know about anybody else, but I'm obsessed. Uh, the number eight is my go-to number. I count everything in eights. And I don't know what it is. I don't know why. But uh, number eight is my go-to number. But he had number three. Uh, Andy Warhol, one of my favorite artists. I love his stuff. And uh, it's a yes or a no for being autistic on the spectrum. But if you think about his artwork, his artwork really focused on the amount of repetitiveness. Um, if you think about his Marilyn Monroe art, where he took the same, um, the same, not figure, but the same picture and repeated it, I think, nine or 12 times. The same with the Campbell Soup art. It's the same can, but repeated um, several times over. Uh, he also had dyslexia. Um, he also uh, wore, well, I thought this was kind of odd. He refused to wear anything else but a certain kind of green underwear, which I, I know it's that image in your head, but I, I don't recall ever hearing that before. That might, I don't know if you want to research that or not. That's up to you. I don't need to. I'm good with what I know. Um, he had just very different behavior all around. It was, um, I think he was a man of mystery. There's just a lot not known about him um, before his untimely death. But um, Andy Warhol, again, I, I think he's a fun person to read about. Uh, Ludwig Wittgenstein. Ludwig Winston. Wittgenstein was an Austrian philosopher. Um, very highly likely that he did have autism. He was um, very much a recluse, didn't like social interactions. He kept a lot of diaries. He wrote a lot of letters. Um, he just, again, didn't like that whole social thing about being under the umbrella. Uh, let's see, last but not least, William Butler Yeats. William Butler Yeats from the early 1900s. He was a professor. He was a college professor. Um, it's very likely that he had some form of autism, but they're not quite sure what. He had a very hard time in school. He was bullied a lot for his lack of interest in people, uh, for his very awkward social behaviors amongst his peers. He, um, I would have to read more about his professor years, but he, um, he published a paper. Oh, okay. He was actually an Irish poet. Um, and used his writings to express himself because basically he couldn't interact with people. Again, he was bullied all through school. Um, lack of social behavior. So what I was seeing in this list, a list I think there's 30, there's just a lot of common factors. Um, most of the time we're socially inept 
and recluse, um, odd behaviors. Others might seem it odd. We seem it as perfectly normal. But I just wanted to go through and just talk about something different for today. Um, if you guys have any other input for this list, let me know. I'll see if I can find more that aren't on this list. And maybe do another list next time. I'm sorry the podcast was so long. I usually try and keep it to 20 minutes, always less than 30. Because um, that's generally a drive to work or the store or something else. But I greatly appreciate you guys listening. Um, I'm stunned and amazed and happy to see that you guys are interested in, in what I have to say. And, and how this is all coming about for me. I'm you know, an older woman. Just finding out, uh, not just finding out, but being officially diagnosed with Asperger's, but realizing it for the last 10, 15 years. So it's been, like I said earlier, a, a relief, per se. So take care out there. Stay safe. Um, numbers are rising, so stay clean. And we will talk to you later. Thank you.